Yo, check us out. Chuck, the public enemy. Yo, what's up? This is DJ Yellow from the world's most dangerous group. What's up? This is DOC, the Diggy Diggy motherfucking doc. Yo, 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 what's up? This is your boy, Z-Man. What up, dog? This is E-Shot. This is Jerry Heller, motherfucker. This your boy, DJ Paul K-O-L from 360 Young Busy Ball. Vice World. This your man, Matt Smine, the hell raise up. Yo, this is DJ Ready Red. What up, what up, what up? This is the real Rick Ross, and you're listening to me on the Murder Master Music Show. Good, Scott. I'm doing great, man. 
Oh yeah, most definitely, most definitely. Yeah, yeah, man, we yes, living sir. in crazy, crazy times. Um, you know, but I, I first talked to you. You know, uh, we were at the beginning of this pandemic, a little, a uh, little less than a year ago, I believe. Um, That's and right. We're still in it. It's, uh, it's still going. How does that yeah. uh, affect? I mean, I know obviously how it affects somebody like yourself, but you know, with the people getting vaccinated and things starting to open up a little bit, uh, are you able to uh, do any uh, uh, DJing for any events or anything? Uh, I got a couple uh, gigs, you know what I mean? Um, but it's still kind of shaky, you know what I mean? They're trying to open it up, but that, that new variant is real getting more powerful, so you got to be careful, you know what I mean? So I'm the still visiting with my mask. Yeah, the Delta variant, you know what I mean? I'm like, I'm not falling for the okie dog. I'm trying to stay healthy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't trust uh, any of that because uh, in the beginning uh, they were saying, uh, well, well, just when Biden got in, he was like preaching, you know, wear your mask, wear your mask. Right. And then before you know it, the right. CDC says, uh, take your mask off. I'll tell you why they exactly. did that, and then we'll get on to the music. They did that because yeah. they knew a bunch of idiots would drop their masks and go mix mm-hmm. with the science deniers and the hoaxers, and they were testing yep. the uh, the vaccine. That's all they're doing. They're trying to see how strong exactly. that vaccine is. And what they did was exactly. they created mutations, and, and now, yeah, we're in a fucked-up situation again. So forget that gig, I guess, for a little while, but... Um, <clears throat> You know, uh, hopefully things get back together, uh, you know, back to normal soon. But now, um, you know, like I was saying at the beginning of the show, um, the No Limit Chronicles is on Hulu, so people are streaming that like crazy. Um, That's right. You know, uh, what's it like for you to to relive all that and to see that? Oh, man, it's it's a beautiful thing, man. I mean, like I said, with the hustle and, uh, you know, the groundbreaking of hip-hop, you know, and being at the forefront with all the greats, you know what I mean, you know, right at the cusp of that, you know, with NWA and, Model, and Master P Model and TRU after that, you know what I mean, you can't rewind the tape on that. So, I mean, that that's like, it's just dope history. I'm just glad I'm a part of it, you know what I mean? So when I see it, it just it just gives me so much inspiration to keep keep trying to strive and get it, you know what I mean? Can can you hear me, brother? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Okay, yeah, you touched down in um, well, when Pete touched down in Richmond, you know, uh, he met you uh, early on, right away, before he met a lot of other people, right? Yeah, most definitely. I mean, I was really the first cat that he met. You know, a DJ and the MC type of situation. And, I mean, it organically grew from there. <clears throat> like I said, me introducing him to K. Lou, C. Murder, Silk the Shocker, none of, none of them being around, none of the, the Untouchables wasn't formed. You know what I mean? It was just it was just me and Pete, the rapper and the DJ. So, I mean, yeah, that's what, that's, that's what set it off. I mean, that's, what, that's where the bond started at, you know what I mean, without the – business aspect and this and that, you know what I mean? It was just organically growing. 
Now, this was before uh, the Real Untouchables even started, so this was just DJ Grandmaster Scratch and Master P then. Exactly, exactly. Like a duo. So, like Almost like Sonya Frog and was there. Jeff and the Fresh Prince. Exactly, Eric B and Rakim, and yep. everybody was a tag team, and the rapper and the DJ, so Sonya was Rock there, Dominique, Rock. Yeah. Exactly. Like you said, DJ Ready Red and the fucking, you know, two live crew and it just goes on just and on and on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I mean that was the for that was the formula back then, you know what I mean? So you yeah. know, we started moving though, you know, Master P he did have that genius in him to, you know, want to incorporate other people and you know, start building groups and we kinda of collaborated and, and Created the Untouchables, you know, with just some of our partners that wanted to be rappers. You know what I mean? With him bringing in King George and me bringing in Chili D and Big O, Magic Mark, you know, Chill. We just formed a little clique, you know what I mean? But it was just like he had the record store, so, you know, people would come in there trying to buy their little CDs or VCR tapes. It was really tapes and, and VHS tapes and stuff like that. So, I mean, it just was a little camaraderie. Yeah, he had that right before he met me. You know, my partner, Vaughn, DJ Saint, which I got to pay a lot of homage to him making that connection because he was a DJ also, but I was a little bit better with my turntable skills, you know what I mean? So he was like, he just introduced me to Pete, and, you know, it started clicking right away, which was a, you know, cool connection, you know what I mean? But, um, yeah, like I say, I mean, once we got that untouchable click, Assembled and bringing different people in, you know, it just kind of went a little bit sideways because you got to take care of the business part of it. You know what I mean? So, yeah, 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 definitely. Um, so, so you meet him, and he's already got the record store going. Um, what was uh, what was he like? I mean, what were some of your early impressions of Master P? Was he even called Master Man, he P? Was the- yeah, he was called Master P, and it was a trip, because I'm Grandmaster Scratch, so we had that in common with the with the master yeah. part in our names. But, um, yeah, he was just a country cat, you know what I mean? I see the ambition in him, even owning the store. And uh, we go to Leopold, Tease My Uzi, or, you know, different record stores, but he would always, you know, I never really seen a young cat like him having a music store, a record store, and, you know, having a cash register, you know. A lot of people don't even know how to work a cash register. It's not brain size, but it just was impressive, you know, at a young age like that. So I've seen that he was he was a, a businessman. You know what I mean? I've seen that in him right away. You know what I mean? So You knew yeah. right away that he had what it took to get to the next level, even though he might have been yeah. living in extreme poverty at the time, um, not having exactly. uh, uh, plumbing and whatnot. What was the con- living conditions right. for him at that time? It, it was kind of camouflaged, you know, because they, they decorated it where you couldn't see that until you really got to the, got to know them or whatever. But um, yeah, that was that was that was rough. I mean, you know, even seeing him and you know Sonya and Romeo as time went by, you know, like maybe a year later, then you start picking up on you know, because I'm doing my own little thing, so we'd hook up, we'd do some shows, we'd meet up at the store. And then, you know, I started seeing that, you know, he was kind of going through it. But, um, yeah, he never he never, he never, never cried about it or never even really let me know everything that was going on about this. 
in living Never situations. You can peep it. Nah, he could peep it, but he just always was like a soldier. Even back then, he would just he wouldn't he wouldn't complain about it. You know what I mean? He wouldn't complain yeah. about it. You know, but we so been that was mall. his motivation. You know, he's like, I gotta yeah, get the hell up out under this, and he knew what he had to do. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. He knew what he wanted to do, especially that you know going to that level. It, it don't do nothing but kind of really strive you sometimes. You know, like Jay Z coming from Marcy and different people coming from that extreme poverty. You know what I mean? I was a little bit more blessed, but you know it still was rough in Richmond. But you know he had a little different situation, but. As far as his grandfather passing and mine passing around the same time, we kind of talked about that. Then his brother Kevin passing away, and then my grandfather was a lot like his. You know, what I mean, that's why I kind of turned out cool because he instilled those, you know, home values in us and didn't want us in the streets. So our stories are real similar. You know, what I mean, but you so know, you just, click right you know, away. He, yeah, we definitely clicked right away. You know, what I mean, yeah. Yep. He. Um... Let me ask you this real quick. Um, you just mentioned Kevin, uh, his brother. Uh, were you around when Kevin passed or, or when he got word of it? Yeah, I was around, but, you know, he really didn't even talk about it right away. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of like he never talked about, you know, his childhood. You know, everybody putting up this little persona or whatever. Like, you know, we just trying to just act like we cool or whatever. You don't want to really bring that and to it, but, you know, he eventually told us about it, you know what I mean? But it was like, you know, everybody just, you know, sad when people pass away, and then, you know, it's like Biz Marquis, you know what I mean? But it's like, you know, a couple, uh, a month go by, and you'd be like, back to regular, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's kind of how life is sometimes, like, you know. You know, Biz will go down in history with me, you know, I'm bumping his records, but it's just, that's kind of how life is sometimes, you know. You know, well, one minute you hear, next day you're gone. Real right, right around okay. the same time. You know, he was taking a lot of hits early on, right around the same time, and and um, <clears throat> you know, uh, his determination to get through all that and exactly. keep uh, keep pushing forward is definitely what got him to where he's at. Um, Exactly. Did you ever see him though? Like, did he ever confide in you and say, "You know what, man, this shit's rough"? Or, you know, I don't know if we're gonna make it, or or did he always believe that that he was gonna get to the next level and start getting gold and platinum plaques? That's what I'm saying. He always believed it. He always believed it. He 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 uh he he spoke it into existence. You know what I mean? It's like another cat you had on there. Uh, Master P had the records on the wall. That little apartment I had a yeah, place over yeah, there too. Yeah, yeah, uh, no, no, hate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he he, he got a. It's like a vision board. You're speaking into existence. And that's like you. That's like using the universe. You know, that's, it's real talk. You know, when you when you really focus on something, it will come to fruition. Yeah, you know I mean, people do it every day. <laughs> They're doing it as we speak. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, but uh, he definitely knew, um, you know, what was going to happen. But you guys, uh, you know, you you were part of the original plan. You know, at what point did you and P decide to part ways? And was it something, you know, uh, amicable? Did you both just kind of, like, grow out of each other? Or what what happened? Man, it was a trip because we created the first take, you know, what's the deal? 
Masterpiece, yeah. DJ Grandmaster Scratch, a little EP, you know, four songs, what's the deal, uh, Masterpiece Rolling, Why You Do What You Do, and um, the song No Limit. And then when we got ready to form the Untouchables, like I said, he brought in King George. King George wasn't really around too much, but he kind of like popped up. And I bring some of my little members in the group, kind of like NWA with Ice Cube and Sir Jinx and Dr. Dre or whatever. Like in the other interview, it was like me and K. Lou was like the Dr. Dre and the Yellow of No Limit. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm naturally rolling with my crew member, but when we got ready to sign those contracts, you know, after we had the tape done and we got the little hats and the whole little nine, like we a group. Uh, we was actually at my apartment, and um, <laughs> we it was like me and Master P as executives, because I knew how valuable that was. So we had signed a contract, and I gave him a little bread, you know what I mean? And that was a lot of money at that time, so it's like that's why I came up with a contract. So after we made that little deal between ourselves, once we created the Untouchables, it was like we were trying to get them to sign contracts. And on the under, you know, Master P, you know, he, he got educated going to the University of Houston, but I was smart enough to get educated by some of my family members to even get that contract. You understand what I'm saying? So yeah. I think that I think that kind of motivated Master P also, even though he was educated. But, you know, here I am coming with contracts too. So it's like we kind of like, on the same level business-wise, but like I said, I never thought he would take his career to that level. But make a long story short, we was in my apartment. I had like a little balcony on my apartment in Whitecliff, the same area that Master P had an apartment at. You know what I mean? And I grew up right around the corner from that area. So we all tried to have an untouchable sign this contract, and um, one of our main partners didn't agree with it. You know what I mean? And some of the untouchables was looking at it shady, you know, we were so young, we could have took it to our lawyers and didn't end on such a bad note. But when my partners started popping off, it was like, you know, he don't agree with it. And so Master P and King George kind of went downstairs. They had like a little little entrance to my apartment where you got to get buzzed in. So they went down and then uh, they looked at us and uh, we kind of, I'm pissed off because everything I built up is coming to an end. And he tried to draw down on us. He pulled like a little strap out. You know what really I mean? King but the George? energy was really no nah, Master P. Master P. Oh, Master P pulled the strap out <laughs> on you? Yep. It, it wasn't directed towards wow. me, but my whole little clique of my HCP crew was up in my apartment still, and him and King George being from the same area, they left. And I'm up there with like four or five of my dudes. You know what I mean? And one of my main partners always used to clash with, with Master P, my homeboy Chili D. So he kind of was really directing the energy towards my partner, but it still was just so disrespectful because, you know, where we from, you know, retaliation is a must. We was young, but it's like we don't even want to get into this shit, you know what I mean? It was like we trying to be like Run DMC and all this and that, you know. Like even like you see how it is today with the pop smokes and all these rappers, you know what I mean? We didn't want to entertain that kind of shit, but it just was like showing you kind of like, how the Jay Princes is and the, and the Suge Knight. Master P kind of had that little bravado even way back then. You understand what I'm saying? So not to glamorize the shit, you know what I mean, because it could have got ugly, but it just shows you kind of like the two sides of that cat. You know, the businessman, we riding around as friends, but then when it all came to an end, it was like 
we put in so much grind, it was like a surreal moment to me, you know what I mean? Because it was like, it just came to a crushing end, you know what I mean? But, uh, that's just one of the stories. <laughs> that's, that's, of, so uh, that's how it ended, is with Pete yeah, pretty much drawn, drawn down on you, you and your people. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, sir. Thanks. And you never talked to him since? I've seen him a couple of times afterwards, and there wasn't no really no real big animosity, but, I mean, I didn't really want to fuck with him, but we, we went to the studio to K. Lewis to try to make it pop, but it was just a different energy, you know what I mean? But, like I say, I, I didn't feel super threatened because we got we got weapons also, so it was like, you know, it just was like, it was just was odd, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> After that line had already been crossed. Well, what was the vibe like yeah. in K. Lou's? I mean, you and K. Lou... Um, and P were there trying to re or, or you were trying to reconnect with P over there. Uh, what, what was going on? Were you guys trying to make song or what, what was happening? Yeah, yeah, we was making tracks. They was making tracks. You know, they was low limit. We HCP production. So after this, after this assembled, you know, I knew Kalu in the beginning. I introduced him, so we kept we kept banging out tracks. You know what I mean? So it was like a little competition thing, but you know. One of my rapper homeboy, you know, he kind of, I don't know, off the hook in the studio a little bit. You know, it didn't really go cohesively like, you know, it was when we was P. So, niggas just grew into their own families or whatever, you know, went different directions or whatever. So I kept DJing, you know what I mean? But, uh, you know, like I say, um, as far as me investing and having a contract, even to this day, it never really recouping nothing. I don't know. I feel like I got a little case, you know what I mean? Even though it's 30 years later, it's like I, I, I literally helped get the ball rolling, you know what I mean? It was like paying for studio time, you know, investing in, in the company of No Limit. When I got, and you read the contract, it's not specifically talking about one project. It's just talking about No Limit, you know what I mean? It's me being a DJ, and I, I look at the covers and see who's the executive, executive producer. I'm not just looking at the names of the songs. I'm realizing who's making the money. So, I mean, that was apparent when I met Pete that I wasn't going to get so-called bamboozled, you know what I mean? But, I mean, he still had a little a little up on me because, you know, he didn't really work. You know, he just – and then he had that education, you know what I mean? But it is what it is. But, I mean, coming from humble beginnings, you, gotta, you, gotta, you can't forget that kind of shit. I mean <laughs> – if you did, you wouldn't have put me in the Low Limit Chronicles, you know, and I'm holding back, but that nigga ain't going to come knocking on my door <laughs> trying to give me some bread. Or it's like if I invested in Google 30 years ago with 500 or 5,000, you know, how much would I yield right now? You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's, uh, well, that's, that's how companies go, that right? came to that. You had a con. Yeah, he, he had a contract for you, and you had a contract for him. Well, basically, it was just a contract stating that we're gonna put this money into No Limit Records, recoup the money, and keep investing it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my signature and his signature. I, I got it to this day. I went to a couple of lawyers. They tried to milk me, but I wanted to be on a little, you know, humble. Friendship beginning or whatever, but if I can get some more advice, that would definitely help. You know what I mean? Because I, I recently retired, so I got a lot of time on my hands now. 
to really, you know, push my music and my craft. You know what I mean? So you got all these rappers and shit that's in the game. And look at some of their careers. You know what I mean? Look at Black Rob and, you know, even Biz. You know, like my thing is health as well. You know what I'm talking about? So I'm still healthy. I like to exercise, you know, and I'm getting paid to stay at home. So, like, I'm still winning instead of being one of these high-profile DJs and blah, blah, blah. And then, like I said before, I still got my family tight. You know what I mean? It's like speaking on Sonya C. You know, that dude, Big, um, Big Swole, whatever his name is, you know, that was Master P's queen. You know what I mean? She had my social security number. She was taking care of a lot of business for No Limit in the very beginning. And then when all the smoke clears, you know, Sonya's over here looking like a crackhead. But, like, you know, you used to dabble in the game, too. So, I mean, Keisha Cole mama just died. Everybody, you know what I mean? We human. You know what I'm saying? So, shit happens. But don't just try to, just, at the end of the day, make it look like you just the mastermind and the king of the shit. Like, it takes a village. You know what I'm saying? So, shit now, just don't said, happen uh... by itself. I want to talk about this for a second. You said Sonia C handled uh, a lot of the early business. Um, yeah. So she was, uh, what was she doing, like uh, trying to get the product in other stores? or? She was damn near like a manager before we had this other cat. Uh, I can't even think of his name, but she was handling a lot of the paperwork. You know what I mean? Which was very necessary. So. And then being an artist, then being a, a rapper too. You know what I mean? So, was she gonna rap you know, on your early happened. stuff, like the first project nah, that she you has, were she, gonna do? No, nah, she has some stuff on No Limit. Um, it was one of those uh, Mary Jane girls, uh, Sugar Hill girl raps. I had, we had sampled it, looped it up, or whatever. And her and uh, Masterpiece uh, sister uh, Germany, they was rapping on the tracks. You know, so he was already grooming them up before he got Silk and C Murder to come out here. You know what I'm saying? They was already like a little act, which it was beautiful because I just loved the whole movement of it. You know what I mean? It was just like one thing happened happened after another. You know, doing little interviews for the newspaper and having a show at the at the fucking uh, Army base, and they're going to the Palladium in San Francisco, and they're going to CMC Music Channel and Sonya, and they doing their little thing. Uh, I forgot the name of the group. It's been so long, but um, it was cool. Master P was always putting shit in motion, but it would be like, by any means necessary, you know what I mean? Like, when we got disassembled, you know, a month or two later, it was a whole new group of untouchables that he ended up, you know, Networking with cats that come to the store, and then boom, they got another group. That's what I'm saying. He never really sat there and be like, once we got this assembled, he's like, oh, that's it. You know, <laughs> that nigga was he wouldn't stop. <laughs> he would go get a group, another group of cats, <laughs> and then you know what I mean. He just kept building, kept building. He got the formula. You know what I mean? He got yeah. the formula. It's better to have a product out there like he got with the Miatis and the. Rap snacks and all the all the shit. That's a real hustle right there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, um, well, he, he's continuing to do so, uh, reinventing himself in many ways. Um, <clears throat> if there's something you could tell Pete, you know, you haven't spoke to this guy in over, you know, 
30 years or close to it. Right. What would you tell Master right. P? I tell him just like this, dog. I said, man, congratulate you on your success. You got that genius in you. You followed your dream. But just don't forget, you know, where you came from. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of people, you know, you can't lose the different people. They say he's a generous guy, I mean, but he's just hard to get in contact with. So that's why I said I never want to really just bash the motherfucker because he, he accomplished a lot from every rapper that you know. That say his song, say his name and song, that just show you how much love he got. Then even when he did get gangster, it wasn't like, you know, running over somebody like Suge Knight or just really putting yourself out there like that. Like the music industry, what I say is you got to have that gangsterism in you. It's like when Ice Cube tore that office up, you know what I mean, straight out of comedy. I mean, those motherfuckers don't want to give you your money. You know what I mean? You got to... You gotta demand that shit. You know what I mean? So that yeah. part is part of the music industry. You know what I'm saying? So that's why he's so successful too. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. You know, um mm-hmm. so you um you and Pete fell out and then uh what did you do uh immediately after that? Did you put out anything or Yep, we went back to the studio. We um we came out with this song. I can't even think of the name of it. We sampled uh, Mr. Groove about one way. Um, but, you know, like I said, my homeboy, as far as the, the rapper, you know, he didn't have the the motivation that he had. So, you know, the work ethics, you know, even though you ain't the dopest rapper, at least you know how to start something and finish it. It's just like a college student. It's not that you're yeah. the smartest person in the world. He's trying to start something and finish something. You know what I'm saying? So at least do that, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so yeah. that's what happens, and I ended up being a family man and just kept DJing gigs here and there, you know what I mean? So I'm still in it. So I, like I said, I ain't got no regrets, but like at the, at the point I'm, na- I'm at now, I'm really trying to push it with the Muzark and the other little stuff that we got, on, got going on with my son being a rapper. So it's a great time because a lot of, a lot of MCs and DJs, you see – they can't handle all that wealth at the time. You know what I mean? Master P, he didn't drink, he didn't smoke weed. You know what I mean? So, it's like, you got to really be focused when you get a lot of that, that, that money like that. You know what I mean? Because it, it'll just take you to another place. You know what I mean? So, yeah. at, at the point I'm at right now, being 53 uh, or whatever, I think I could be able to handle it a little bit better. Not saying I couldn't then, but you never know. You know what I mean? <laughs> You just never know. A lot of tragic yeah, stories mean, in hip-hop. You would think you guys, you know what I'm saying, you both lived a, a, a full life so far. I mean, you would think it would be right. easy for the two of you to come together and at exactly. least chop it up, if anything else, you know. Exactly. That's facts. That's facts. Reminisce. Is that, dude. Yeah. Exactly. Did it, were you there when uh, he brought down C and Silk, or did you uh, already uh, part ways? Yeah, that was right before I left, so I never really met them. That's how. That's how. In the beginning, like I said, it was just me and him, and me being so hip hop, these days since I was twelve, and having all the records and twelve hundreds, and you know, I bought my own twelve hundreds, like you know, you buying a car or something like. My parents didn't buy that shit. I hustled and bought it myself, so I was hustling then too. You know what I mean? So 
I know he really got encouraged, and just like he said on that uh, Chronicles, he was like, um, when I got to K-Lose, that was something new to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because they, they wasn't having no studios like that in New Orleans. I'm not saying they don't have them now, <laughs> but I'm just saying back then, that's why I took him there, because I knew he was going to be impressed with it, and I was impressed with it. And it was the perfect chemistry because he was a rapper and I was a DJ. All we had to do was pay like, I don't know, fifteen, twenty five dollars an hour, which was a lot back then. But me and him was, was paying all the studio time. None of the untouchables. I didn't care about the receipts or nothing. You know what I mean? And I gave him a little five hundred dollars, you know, to, to help the ball roll and um as far as the no limit company. And um that was like five thousand dollars back then to me. I don't give a fuck. That's why I got the little contract. But I know I never recoup shit. You didn't even recoup My name is executive producer. No, my name is executive producer on the... um, Hello, sir. On the um, Untouchable Taste. Yeah. So you... uh, I mean, so so, so that was... uh, You you were one of the CEOs then. Is that that what you mean? Exactly. Of the original CEOs of No Limit Records? Exactly. So see, Master P tried to say the super dope project was put together by, but you know he just tried to word it different. But yeah, I, I was definitely an executive in, in the company at that point. You know what I mean? So it yes, was like sir. a partnership then. Yeah. Pretty much fifty-fifty. So um, exactly. So when P did the Chronicles, were you surprised? That uh, you were featured in it, or they showed you? No, nope, I wasn't really. I, I was surprised. I was happy, but I knew that he had to tell a story right, and he didn't say my name. And just to show you how um, how the industry is, you know, what I mean, because that would lead to more things. He just had his brother explain it. You know, we had this group of untouchables. It was King George, my brother. And a bunch of guys from the neighborhood. You know, he didn't want to. He didn't want to name names. You know what I'm saying? So, it's, it's it's all part of the. You know, they don't want you to get ahead type of shit. You know what I mean? But as far as him putting my picture in there that many times, I was happy as shit. You know what I mean? So I, don't, <laughs> I got my little 15 minutes of fame. So it was they all know who you are. Me. I mean, they uh, yeah, mm-hmm. they've seen you. Um, you know, and I'm I'm honored. That we were able to kind of somewhat introduce you to the uh, underground hip hop world from our angle, because um, your story needs to be told too. Every but that's the thing, man. What people don't understand, everybody doesn't just make it to the top by themselves. There's people no. along the way. Um, exactly. Even the guy that wrote a review about your album, like me, in, in some exactly. cases, you know. Exactly. Uh, a lot of guys, man, I remember writing reviews for people, and um, years later, I mean, they didn't blow up after because of my review, but it might have helped them a little right. bit. But years later, some of them will blow up, and then you never hear from them again, you know, and that's, exactly. that's just shitty, you know. But it's, mm-hmm. I hear that a lot, though, man, a lot, you know. Uh, I ain't going to forget about you, homie. I ain't going to forget about you, homie. If something happens, because right now I'm on a little mission to try to, Get my story out there and just, you know, recoup and just see what I can do because, I mean, like you said, I mean, you don't get this wealth on your on your own, you know what I mean? But 
Oh, no, no, maybe it's a, a testament. Even mm-hmm. Michael Jordan had coaches and uh, different exactly. people you know, uh, along the way that helped elevate his game. But, exactly. but you know, we all know that he um, was a relentless hustler who believed in himself. Like we were talking about, uh, Noah Hayton uh, had the picture of him with the, the records on the wall. Um, right. You know, I mean, he 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 knew he had that vision, mm-hmm. so he was telling you uh, back in the day. He was telling you, man, we're gonna go platinum. Yeah, he was telling me we we're gonna go to Hollywood. My name is Renando, but they, they he was calling me Ronaldo. A lot of people twist my name up, but we was when we would have meetings at No Limit. Uh-huh. He'd be like, man, we'd go to San Francisco and go to different record companies. We never took the L.A. trip, but he was already convincing everybody that me and Ronaldo are going to Hollywood. That's exactly what he used to say. We're going to Hollywood. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? And he, he, he spoke that shit into fruition. And all the time I'm seeing this shit, being, you know, the worker that I am, I'm like, I'm just seeing it all come to fruition. You know what I mean? It's just like right in front of my face. <laughs> Yeah. That's like I said, I never had to say uh, I told you so to some of my homies. But I don't even got no regrets. You understand what I'm saying? Because my family unit is so tight that I know that family and, and health is more than money. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not mad at shit, but I know I'm going to get my engine rolling harder. And if that investment I made can help that ball roller faster, then that, that'll happen. But if it don't, I, I ain't going to stop either. <laughs> yeah, no, you know no, no, not at all. You know, that's the um, easiest thing you could do. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Uh so yeah. uh, was was Master P? Um, was he uh, uh, using the formula that Easy E had? Was Easy E a motivation for you guys? Most definitely. But I wanted to be more original. But you know, you could spin off a group. But make it your um, vision or whatever. Don't just, you know, when you put your record on, you're looking like the group. You know what I mean? You got to camouflage it a little bit better. You know what I mean? Like Pete Rock, he'll take a sample, but you might not know where he got the shit from. You know what I mean? Like that type of shit. You know what I mean? So it was cool, though. I mean, when you look at the timeline, shit, who else would you really want to label yourself off of? We love NWA. <laughs> Yeah. But you got to live up to the Dr. Dre and the, you know, and the Ice Cube and even Ren. <laughs> you know what I mean? You got to be spitting flames and shit. You know what I mean? So you could be like the group, but, like, you know, you got to throw it out there real, real tough. Yeah, because King George said that uh, they follow the same format. That's exactly what he said. He says, we follow the yep. same format. And, uh yep. <clears throat> But you guys, I mean, P was P was obviously rapping hardcore. But when you look at the image of you guys, like I said, uh, of course, you know, what I'm saying you got the, the the ropes. I mean, you know, like Run DMC had and everything, and and uh, mm-hmm. you guys looked looked happier. You didn't look like a, uh, like P was looking on uh, uh, the real Untouchables or Get Away Clean. You know what I mean? You guys looked right. like you were actually right. going more in the hip hop direction. For, we were. We rap. were. We were. That's so, why we in the bleachers at Contra Costa College where we took the picture trying to be just like NWA 
And I knew it at the time, but I wasn't even saying shit. I'm just posing because I'm like, damn, we doing a photo shoot or whatever. You know what I mean? So that 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 part that part was dope. You know what I mean? But at the same time, you gotta you gotta twist it a little bit. You can't just bite somebody's style. You know what I mean? So yeah, that, that that's a no no, especially for the Bay Area. You know what I mean? Like. I mean, he he did it just like the Ice Cream Man type of shit. I mean, we already know that <laughs> Chris Hicks yeah. and the whole fucking <laughs> loonies—that's that's where the shit came from. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, but you got yeah, so had, many gullible yeah, motherfuckers out there that they gonna see him with that fucking ice cream thing on. They gonna say, "Well, Master P started it." You know what I mean? It's just <laughs> people don't know the history. Yeah. You know? So, well, that's like uh, they don't know the. History. With a lot of these uh, these podcasts, like, uh, you know what I'm saying, certain people like even Vlad, you know, uh, we started mm-hmm. this in 2004. It was in the Murder Dog. You could see it. I mean, it's not right. like it's, we're not just saying it, you know, just like you. You have no, evidence. Word. You, you were there. No, you, you know, y'all uh, been out. Y'all been out. Yeah, people need to uh, know who was what and who was where and who did what, you know, um, there, there, a lot of people get written out of history, you know. Uh, yeah, that's, they do. that's very unfortunate, you know. Yeah, they all straight out the Valley Joe. You know what I mean? Murder Dog. I mean, um, yeah. what's the name of the magazine? Murder Dog, yeah. Murder Dog. There you go, Murder Dog. My bad. But, yeah, I mean, come on now. You know, I yeah, mean, people, how many uh, people y'all had on the cover of that magazine? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and not just, you know, we had Nas, Biggie, you name it. But uh, Man. you know, even on this this podcast, I mean, we were doing this shit uh, almost twenty years ago now, and now everybody right. and their fucking mama has a podcast, which is cool. <laughs> but um, right. give us credit, you know. Uh, what a lot pioneer. of guys like to, Yeah, we're one of them. I mean, we're one. Of, we're we're not the first, but uh, I looked right. it up when you when you Google the uh, word podcast. Some guy in England first said it, I think. In, 2003 to 2004. Well, we came out in 2004 originally, so we're not. We may Damn. not be the pioneer, but we're one of the originators. You know, yeah, and I, no, I, uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna mention names, but I will say this: some of the biggest ones at the top, when they see guests that we have on the show, sometimes they hit us up. Hey, man, how could I get so and so on the show? It's like, hey, you know. I'm down here in the underground, you know, if if you're right. way up there and you can't figure it out, then maybe you should be uh, paying me. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's, yeah. that's yeah. the way I yeah. look at it. Hell like, yeah. I'm, you're not Hell paying yeah. my bills. How, why should I help you? Exactly. You got 10,000 times the reach I got, you know. So exactly. it's one of those situations where you kind of want to get uh, recognized for your work. Um, yeah, you do, man. You know, it helps we, so many uh, people out, man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, um, we uh, definitely uh, covered a lot of ground, but we're not done yet. If you could stick around a little bit longer, I know uh, the homie Sin from France. He's got a few questions. I'm going to bring him okay. on. And then, um, you know, I'm going to go to a break real quick. Um, did you do any of the scratches on uh, Getaway Clean, the, the title track? Nope, it was just that Mind of a Psychopath, I mean, a first intentional project, and then um, the What's the Deal. But when Getaway Clean, that was right when I kind of 
made my exit. But I, I knew I would have been on there because when we had the little No Limit Roundtable, you know, a lot of them cats was like, man, I thought you was going to scratch on my on my project. But uh, I was ready to do all that, man, you know what I mean? And I, I really appreciate them even, you know, appreciating my scratching because they was like, man, that was some of the highlights of the earlier No Limit stuff. And, um, you know, not to pat myself on the back, but I knew that I was a pretty good, DJ, I mean, they call myself Grandmaster Scratch, whatever. You, you know, you can't be playing around, but, you know what I mean? You know, I wish I could have taken it farther. That's, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's like DJ uh, Ready Red, the musical enforcer. I mean, you got to be, you know, you got to have that, uh, them skills. How did you acquire your DJing skills? Man, just from watching all the, the best, man, like, you know, DJ Bobcat. Egyptian Lover, you know, Uncle Jam's Army, like actually going to shows that they was performing at, going to the Fresh Fest, seeing Run DMC and Jam Master J, uh, Grandmaster D, Houdini, like being in the front row, like studying the shit. And then if they would be on TV, I would videotape it, and then I'd slow motion that shit. You know what I mean? Then I, I just learned how to do it. You know what I mean? But I, I took it so serious because it was like, it was just, I never thought it would turn into a job, but it was kind of like being a magician or something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we already was roboting and breakdancing. So, you know, that was just so fascinating to me. You know what I mean? Just to, you know, like they say, hands quicker than the eye, you know, to do these different tricks and spin around and move the cross fader and, you know, do all this transforming and all that shit. Like, it was just, it was just something I really wanted to be a part of. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yep. Um the first uh the first time I ever heard uh, uh scratching was uh Herbie Hancock with uh DJ yeah. uh, DXT. Uh what was yeah, it? Yeah, 83. Yeah. What was the name of that song, man? It was that an rocket, all instrumental. Rocket. Yeah, Rocket. Yep. I used to mimic Last. that shit. You used yeah, to I used to mimic that oh, whole yeah. scratch. Yeah, and people used to come to my house and they'd be like, man, you up here DST. And I'm like, and this was my homeboy, uh, Otis Brockens. He called himself Gold Money Fingers. He actually used to run with, with Tupac then back in the days. But we kind of clicked up. And just like Rico, you interviewed him. We all went to the same high school and stuff like that. It was like a trip, how Sam Bostick and all these different people, we all went to the same schools. But my grandmother lived on the south side, so I went to Kennedy in Richmond. But I should have went to Richmond High, but I used her address. Kennedy was a little bit better school, but it was a trip how much talent came out of there. And we was all, like, dabbling around with it. And all and some of the people I just named, they all gravitated towards No Limit. <laughs> and I was one of the first cats. You know, Otis went a different direction. He was fucking with Pac and all the digital underground niggas. But, you know, it's a trip how many people, even with Pac being in Richmond, you know what I mean? It's just like a lot of history. You know what I mean? But we never thought... We was going to be taking it to that level, you know what I mean, with the Shock G's and the Spice Ones, the E4. It just goes on and on and on. Like, Richie, I mean, we love the music, but I don't think none of us knew we was going to be getting millions out of that shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? We knew it was a hustle game, but, I mean, shit, that shit turned into a billion-dollar business. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah, man. You got to look at it, uh, you know, hip hop has has really grown over the years. Um, 
you know, but the the building blocks of it, it took a long time for them to set in stone. You know what I mean? It's like people was oh, uh, saying, oh, this is a fad. This isn't going to work. Right. It right. took years and years to grow from yeah. you know, 1974 into the mid-'80s. Once you started seeing yep. you know, Run DMC going gold and platinum and whatnot, then you knew um, things were going in the right direction. But if you look at music now, Grandmaster Scratch, they have stripped pretty much all the elements away. You know what I'm saying? Um, they they got rid of the DJ. About the only thing yep. they kept art because everything is so fucking loud right now. You know, colors everywhere. <laughs> but um, they got rid of the lyrics. I mean, how do you even yeah, they did. compose hip hop without you know what I'm saying rhymes? That's just that's one of the yeah. core elements. The DJ is Man. one of the core elements, the art of DJ. Man, that's crazy. You know? That's yeah. crazy. That's crazy. I mean, uh, T-Pain was I, talking about that the other day. He's saying that music, they, they need to be original. And I'm thinking, well, you right. help fuck this shit up because you got everybody doing that auto-tune <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. You're part of the thing. problem, you know? <laughs> Real talk. Yeah, you yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, everybody's <laughs> using that redundant. You know, it's like, come on, man. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. try something different. Um, exactly. What was T's rhyming skills like when you first met him? Like, did you uh, did you think he was pretty dope or not? Nope. I mean, that's what I say. I mean, he had he didn't have the cadence. He he would try to rush his rhymes a little bit, like. You know, that kind of turned into a little bit of style, but it wasn't like he was in the pocket to speak. You know what I mean? Like, thinking of a master twin. You know what I mean? Like, you got to be riding the beat. He was kind of like forcing his rhyme. So I don't think he'll ever go down in history as being a lyricist when you're thinking about Nas and Pac and Biggie and the whole nine. You know what I mean? He never was that. What he's admired for is a businessman, and that's ninety percent of the fucking music business. So that's what you gotta really focus on. And, you know, as far as I mean, I wouldn't say that as far as focus on that because I'm, I'm a hip hop kid. So I love the, the the lyrics and the whole cleverness of it. So you know, Master P wasn't like that. Nah, hell no, no. When he came with the nine and nine, he just have a cool little chant, a little hook. You know what I mean? Uh, about it, about it, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? So, yeah, it's just it's just a little catchiness, but it ain't really lyrically clever. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, well, you even listen to the biz. I mean, I've been reminiscing on him all day, and his lyrical ability with the beatboxing and the whole shit, the M-A-K, H-I, you know, the whole wordplay is just incredible. You know what I mean? Yeah. No comparison. No comparison. No comparison. <laughs> made instrument out of his. He made an instrument out of his vocal box. I mean, he exactly. just literally turned it into uh, you know uh, its own instrument. Uh, instrument. Same with uh, exactly. dude from the Fat Boys. Exactly. The human beatbox. Yep. Straight instrument. You know, uh, Straight instrument. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. No. You know, no I'm undeniable. Right uh, these old, uh, you know, what I'm saying uh, covers and stuff. That you guys were taking uh, pictures of, and uh, where were you guys? Were you guys like pressing this up at a Kinko's or something, or, or 
where did you guys have these done? Well, he had like a little uh, photographer, believe it or not, and um, he would just take a bunch of shots, and then we'd figure out which one we wanted to have. And you know, it wasn't really digital, but we was kind of like already doing that stuff back then, which was another genius thing. You know what I mean? Because you want to capture the right shot, so you put your little clothes on, you know, you do your thing, and then it ain't like you taking one or two. You know what I mean? They taking a whole bunch. You know, you might change clothes. So. That part was cool, too, because it was like, it felt like we was really going somewhere. You know what I mean? Because none of my partners was thinking like that, you know? Yeah. And I got a lot of those pictures to this day, you know what I mean? So that's a blessing, too, just to, you know, have all those memories. So know? he, uh, I mean, right then and there, I mean, you guys were pretty much in preparation take it to the next level. Did you guys talk about touring and wanting to do stuff like that, go different cities and stuff? Yeah. Yep. Not that intricate because, I mean, we were just happy to be doing some local shows. But, I mean, the way it was moving, it wasn't even no question about if we was going to go to other cities and states. You know what I mean? Because it's just, it was moving that frequently. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was, it was moving that frequently. I mean, it, it was a it was a beautiful thing, man. It was like I don't know, it was like a movie almost. You know, and I'm only in the first intro of the movie and shit, but it's still how far he took it. Was you know, I got the hookup and uh, I'm about it, about it, the little street flick. You know, selling all them units on the streets and just we grew up around you know Spike Lee. You know, Robert Townsend, all these dudes that we admire, you know, the music and the movie go, you know, hand in hand. So, like, we had the little movie theater in Berkeley, Washington, you know, she's got to have it. So, you know, when we evolved to what we was doing, then he took it to that movie level. I'm like, yeah, this motherfucker really, really doing it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like you know, you, you only limit yourself, you know what I mean? So, you can really do anything you put your mind to, you know? Yeah, so, man, he's done it all. I mean, uh Basketball, I mean everything. <laughs> you know, uh, he's still. Yeah, yeah, he's still evolving. You know, that's yeah. why I just want a little, little couple, little little piece of the pie. You know what I mean? <laughs> I got my own little gig. Ain't nobody gonna hold my hand, but just let me, let me recoup what I got because I already got shit in motion. Like I said, regardless, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen regardless over here. So. Yeah, we ain't stopping. Yeah. No, absolutely. No, man. So it's only right. Um, let me bring on the homie Sim from France. Uh, he sent me some questions for tonight. Sim, you there, brother? Yes, yes. Um, hi, Scott. Hi, uh, legendary DJ Grandmaster Scratch. Um, hey, how you doing, Lord Sinister? Yeah, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. Um, can you tell us about our. Uh, um, Richmond hip hop in uh, the 80s and Richtown and uh, which uh, Richmond class did you mix at that time? Oh yeah, man. Some <laughs> of the groups, you know, you got the Calvin T's, the Spice Ones, the E40s. You know what I mean? And some of the clubs I spent there was, you know, some of the Berkeley Veterans Hall, you know, the Round Room in Berkeley, Richmond Boathouse, um, uh, Elks Club, I mean, all the little spots around the Bay Area I'd have been at, San Francisco, San Jose, Monterey, you know what I mean, all all over the Bay. 
And uh, how you, <clears throat> your perceptions of, of the bass sound is unique. And uh, at times, Master P get it. He come from New Orleans, from the Bay, but he get it. And, at, and after he go, he leave it. He leave the bass sound. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, he just made his roots back to New Orleans because New Orleans is a real musical town, uh, musical town, you know what I mean, for us. They got the big band sound over there, a lot of, you know, brass instruments, and, you know. They got their own little flavor. So naturally, you know, you come out to a city, if it's New York, Seattle, whatever, you know what I mean, uh, down south, Memphis, whatever, as they evolve, you know, you start gravitating to the sound that's being popular, you know what I mean. So once he came to Cali and he got a little flavor from us and started making a little buzz, he snatched up mystical, and he all started going back to his roots. Everybody that was on his roster was like from down south, because naturally he paying homage to his people in his city. You know what I mean? So that's a natural thing. You know what I mean? And it's like a lot of us went to New York and love Run DMC and LL Cool J and came back and applied it to the hip hop that we love. You know what I mean? So that's just how it goes. I mean, everybody takes a piece from everybody's culture or city or genre of music that they love, and they just try to put a little twist and add it to their music. You know what I mean? That's why I say when you do it in a clever way, it makes it more of an art form instead of just taking somebody's straight track. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you might get the sample cleared if it's some shit like, you know, Joy and pain, like Rob Bass took it. You know what I mean? He didn't even get the sample clear. So what happened? He got sued. <laughs> but it was a dope song. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, that's how music is. You know, that's how music mm-hmm. is. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. And um, t- tell us about uh, how it was to recall the, the tape. What the deal in 1990 with him? In 1990. Yeah, he wants. Yeah, what was the deal? Song, uh, what's the deal? Oh, what's the deal? Oh, yeah, yeah, man, that was fun, man. That was <laughs> one of the first tracks we did, and I had took, um, you know, D E A L from uh, Ice T. You know what I mean? So he was telling me he wanted the song to be called "What's the Deal," so I'm scratching the D E A L, D D D E A L. You know what I mean? So that was kind of fun. He would give me a title of a song. And then I would just try to find a, a scratch to go along with the song. So that song might have sounded a little bit corny, but I see some people on um, Instagram bigging that song up. And it, it kind of shocked me because, I mean, that was a popular phrase back in the day. Like, you know, what's the deal? You know what I mean? Like, you know, like, what's up? Like, what's the deal? You know what I mean? So it, it, it was a fun song. It was a fun song to do. You know, bring back a lot, a lot of memories. We actually made two versions of the song, too. We had a a dirty version and the clean version. And I, I actually still got those tapes. You know what I mean? So we were thinking like that too. Like some people want to make music just for the street, but we was trying to make music for the radio. I mean, we, we, that, we was thriving so much to just hear ourselves on the radio. You know, and then when we did KPOO, we had did a little interview and they played What's the Deal and they played Masterpiece Rolling. After we left the station, we was on the Bay Bridge. They was trying to gauge it. When we was going to be on the bridge, like, we're going to give y'all, like, 10, 15 minutes. They're going to put the song on. I was in my little mini truck. And we get ready to go do a show. And uh, they put the song on. 
you know, and that's a low budget radio station, but it still was cool to just to hear our song on that radio station. You know what I mean? We was on our way. We was on our way. You know. Yeah. He has a lot of time. Huh? Oh, go go ahead, sir. I'm sorry. What'd you say? No. Oh no! I, I just say he has the the rhyme in it uh, fight the power <laughs> in it, and uh, it was uh, because <laughs> he, he at the time was hype. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I know that's a, that's a tight line right? that he said in there. Yeah, 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 that was dope. Now, like I said, he was lyrically clever, but he just wasn't the, the dopest spitter. When you think about Eminem and all these dope rappers. He didn't have that flame, but he had clever rhymes, you know what I mean? So I ain't going to say he just totally sucked, but <laughs> it's just a different flavor, you know. Right. Uh, back in the day with uh, the real, earlier real and two tables, you got Marcus Bank, Daniel Fry, Fonzo, Mickman, and Kenny G. Can, yeah. can you tell us about them? They're really underground, under the ground, even. Okay, right. tell us about, right. about them. Yeah, no, I can't really elaborate because that was after us. But I know those guys a little bit better now because of Scott, Skiggity Scott, you know what I mean, putting some of the round tables together. And then I started, you know, doing my little history on the yeah. cast. But, like, the pace that, that Master P was moving was so fast that once you fell out of the loop, you have a whole other click. You know what I mean? It was just like it was constantly like a whole rotation. Kind of like a revolving door. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you wasn't in that room, you would be on the other side. You wouldn't know what was going on. You know what I mean? Okay, right. right. Yeah. I do remember when, when Mr. P recorded a Man of Psychopaths in 1990s at this time. He was there around his, his lab when he recorded. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I definitely remember that. I mean... We thought I was. We thought we was on our way with that song. You know what I mean? Um, we did it at K. Lou. We all was in the booth, and um, it was a little tight area. But we'd always, you know, we'll say a verse, but then we'll all get in there and say, "Mind of a psychopath." You know what I mean? So it, it was fun. It was fun. Okay, right, right. It was real fun. It could have been a, um, you know, I wish it would have been a bigger song, but it, it was pretty popular in the hood. You know what I mean? People people liked it. You know what I mean? It was different. Yeah, yeah. it was different on time. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Definitely, definitely. Uh, well, uh, I'll tell you what, uh, we're coming to the close of the show. Before we get out of here, brother, uh, is there anything uh, you want to say before we leave? Um, um, basically, uh, I appreciate, you know, we hooking up again. Kind of like, like a therapy session and shit, like getting a lot of shit off my chest. But uh, I don't know no. if anybody can help me out out there in the world as far as, you know, uh, legality, you know what I mean, with the contract, you know what I mean, any type of leads I can get, you know what I mean, and uh, support the Musark showcase movement, you know what I mean, and look out for DJ Grandmaster Scratch, you know, 
doing parties and getting in where I fit in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, man. Well, it's always an honor. Let's do it again, man. You're welcome on any time. Uh, we have return yeah, guests all the time. So, you know, let's definitely do it again. Everybody, that's DJ Grandmaster Scratch. This is the close episode 826. Go back in the archive and listen to our other interviews with DJ Grandmaster Scratch, including the roundtable he was talking about with, the, uh, man, a bunch of Richmond legends. So uh, check that out and go to the mm-hmm. website. You know, UGSforlife.com. Scratch, you there, brother? 